0: Everybody. Welcome to episode number 363 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd, and normally sitting next to me is
1: the other guy, Dan, but he's a little under the weather this morning, so we have a very special guest host. I am uh, Dan and Cheryl's daughter, Cassie (laughs) Todd Jameson, um, and I'm happy to be here today. Um, our guest today is Major General Mick McGuire. Major General Michael T. McGuire, U.S. Air Force retired, has dedicated nearly 38 years of his life to serving our country. From navigating aerial combat over Iraq to negotiating with state and federal legislators, Mick has proven has a proven track record of leading diverse teams through challenging situations. From 2013 to 2021, McGuire served as the Oh gosh, we track. We adjutant, this general. adjutant general <laughs> of the Arizona National Guard and more recently as the current chairman of the board for the National Guard Association of the United States, which is the voice for nearly 45,000 current and former National Guard officers throughout the country. The McGuire family has deep roots in Arizona dating back to the 1930s, when his great grandfather settled in the state. Major General McGuire upheld his legacy, having lived in Arizona for much of his adult life. And now Mick McGuire is a 2021 candidate for Arizona U.S. Senate seat.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your past service and your continued service. Welcome to the show, Mick.
2: Well, thanks, Cheryl and Cassie. Thanks for that introduction. Before we go any further, I want to just say happy 385th birthday, 385th birthday to the National Guard. Uh, December 13th, uh, 1636, first muster of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, a colonial militia, uh, first adjutant general named 1636. So when I retired, Cassie, here in uh, December, I retired from the second oldest position in our government, the only older position, ter- first territorial governor, 1634. So oh, wow. uh, happy birthday to all of them. They had 385 years.
0: Wow. That is exciting. And as you mentioned, we are sitting in the studio on Monday, December 13th. Uh, it'll be a little later when this show goes to air. But uh, hopefully people know this like we, we tend to know when the Marine birthday comes along or, you know, uh, the army birthday, but the National Guard is so important to our, our nation. And I think sometimes we don't pay quite enough attention to what the National Guard does and and why the people that serve in those capacities are so important to us. So so before we dive into the the questions that I had prepared, because we're sitting here on the birthday of the National Guard, just a little civics lesson. Tell folks, you know, what, I mean, what does the National Guard do and why do we value it?
2: Well, thanks for that. And, uh, you know, you're on gun-free radio, Cheryl you do this uh, podcast, and remember this, the entirety of the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to sustain a free state, your right to bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh, And the Militia Clause of the Constitution articulates the need for the federal government to raise an army and maintain a navy. That's in Article 1, Section 8. And that's subsequently followed by the idea that As we raise this army, the federal government will have the duty to organize, define the shape and size of our militias, subsequently named the National Guard in 1824, um, arm them, purchase the weapons through federal collection of tax revenues and the weapon systems that we use uh, in the military, and then provide the training discipline, and that's the standards by which we train the formation and then reserving to the several states, through the governors, the need to commission the officers. I was the commanding general. Cassie, you got it right, it is adjutant general. It's a ceremonial title, but it is the military commanding general of the National Guard. That's the position I retired from. And, uh, and that that governor has the requirement to commission the officers and then train the National Guard of the several states to the standard dictated by the federal government. And that's how we would raise the Army. And I, you know, we can we could probably do a whole nother podcast about what happened with the National Defense Authorization Act of 1947. But, you know, the unintended consequence of taking the the Secretary of War and the War Department, renaming it, and breaking it up into the Secretary of the Air Force, Secretary of the Army, adding it to the Secretary of Navy and shoving it under a single Secretary of Defense, I think in many ways led to many of the problems we face today and, uh, and, and face a very clear lack of understanding about the Second Amendment and why it exists. You know, we'll, we'll get right to that, right up at the top. The Second Amendment exists for only one reason, Cheryl, you know, this is to protect your freedoms from tyranny of the government. It has Absolutely. nothing to do with any kind of deer hunting or outdoor <laughs> sports shooting, not that that isn't a great thing to participate in, but then it exists only for that reason.
0: Absolutely, beautifully said. And I love that idea that we would have you back on in the future and take that deep dive because I think that we do suffer across our nation from a lack of of historical education, right? There's only so many hours in in the day when kids are in class, um, and it's constantly morphing what uh, bubbles to the top that now becomes the most important things for kids to know. Uh, But I think that our actual history and and how organizations like the National Guard were formed and what's become of them that's kind of uh settled more to the the bottom of the list of importance and i think we're seeing some of the results of that because we don't understand our constitution we don't understand our rights we don't understand how our government was formed and why it has the the separations of powers and that sort of thing so i love that idea let's definitely earmark that for something to do not too far in the future um I mean, there's a reason that there's a history channel, right? People are fascinated yeah. by history. We want to know more, right. but yet uh, we don't learn as much. Um, so having said all that you said, I think I've answered my own question, but I'm going to ask it to you anyway. Uh, currently in the state of Arizona, we have two liberal Democrat senators. We have Kirsten Cinema yeah. and Mark Kelly. But you are running as a strong constitutional Republican candidate. So what makes you uniquely qualified to hold the position of an Arizona state senator at the federal level?
2: Well, you know, uh, thanks for that question, Cheryl. And uh, I want to add in the follow on. um, The National Guard is the forebearer the grandfather of the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marine Corps, the Space Force, the Coast Guard, all of that. And by of and through the patriotic capital of this great nation and states, and all the way back to 1636, the colonies, is how we won independence of, from uh, tyranny of King George. Once we did that, George Washington warned us the tyranny of the majority was far worse than tyranny of the individual. and. I'm seeing what's happening with the radical left and the way that they are literally walking away from any constitutional principle and are after control of four things, Cheryl. They're after control first and foremost of your children, Mm. second, your resources, next, your thought and your right to assemble, and most importantly, your gunpowder. They Mm. want total control of those four things. And if they have control of those four things, Uh, tyranny of the majority will reign. And Washington, a guy that lived 100 years before Karl Marx, said that. Now, you asked about my opponents. Mark Kelly will be my opponent in 2022. I would say to all your listeners, if you hear a political um, individual talk about a democracy, we are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic of independent states. But the media is constantly bombarding us with this idea that this is a democracy. That is not what we are. We are a independent constitutional republic of the several states. We are the United States, plural, multiple states of America. And that, um, unfortunately, the Democrats have realized that the way to eviscerate the Constitution is erase the lines between the states. So when you ask, why am I in this, and what makes me uniquely qualified? uh, As you mentioned, I served nearly 38 years in uniform. four years of cadet at the Air Force Academy, 14 years in the active Air Force, flew in the first Gulf War, uh, deployed twice subsequently as an F-16 pilot, and then moved back here to Arizona in uh, 2001 to be an F-16 instructor down at the 162nd Fighter Wing in the Arizona Air National Guard. Now, the Guard is the primary combat reserve of the United States Army and the United States Air Force. I figured I'd retire down there. as as an F-16 instructor. And in 2013, Governor Brewer uh, asked me to take over as the Commanding General of the Guard, the Adjutant General. I moved up here with my wife and then youngest daughter. We have three daughters. Like Cassie, I don't know if you have any siblings, but three daughters, 31, 27, and 20. She's now 21. And uh, uh, moved up here. And the youngest was still at home. Uh, The others were out of of house, off to college or uh, working. And uh, we moved up to Phoenix in 2013. I served for 18 months with Governor Brewer and, and uh, finished up nearly eight years as the commanding general in April. And, uh, I, you know, I think your next question and the things to talk about it, why would somebody like me with that pedigree consider <laughs> jumping into the race? And uh, I'll tell you, I've never felt the threat of the Republic pulled tighter. I wasn't alive mm-hmm. in 1861, but I've never mm-hmm. felt the threat of the Republic pulled tighter. And we've got to stop the radical left.
0: Boy, at that, I, I think that says it all right there and, and invoking the idea of being a parent and having children, uh, you know, whatever we do or don't do in our lifetime, it's going to reverberate uh, in onto Cassie's uh, world in her life. And then she has a couple of young daughters, Yeah, and yeah. so uh, she will definitely feel that impact Uh, passing forward to her. And so if I haven't instilled into her, what I feel was my inheritance from our founding fathers and founding mothers, right, then I can't possibly anticipate that she is going to be able to, to hand that legacy forward to her children. So, right. um,
2: And, and I, I, for Kathy, you know, uh, our oldest daughter has a, a two and a half year old, We have a two and a half year old granddaughter and a grandson due February 1st. Uh, I can't imagine on the current trajectory with the level of fear, sense of abandonment and what next that exists in society that we can hold this together unless we immediately take the energy that exists. You know, I've driven 26,000 miles in 22 weeks now as a candidate, visited all 15 counties in this state. The energy is real, Cheryl. So we've gotta be able to take that energy And as a guy that was the commanding general of the oldest part of our guard, of our nation's military, we've got to take it and raise an army of 2 million voters that say, I pick Mick. An army without hope is a defeated army. We are not a defeated army. That's how we're going to win this thing. We're going to generate energy at every level. And so Cassie's peers, your peers, the people that, like you and I, know that the Second Amendment is the greatest check on tyranny of the majority, uh, are going to rise up along with all of our right-to-life partners, all of those great independents that understand that their religious liberties are under attack, and most importantly, every mother in this state that does not want to cede control of their children to the state.
0: Mm -hmm. Boy, absolutely, and that's one of those things, I'm sorry, were you going to Uh, That's one of those things that I think that people get confused about because you know we are so much for individual liberties. Uh, It seems like the other side of the the political aisle, the major party, the Democrats, um, they always want to talk in terms of you know groupthink and you know hive mind and you know those kinds of things, and so they would like to say that. Well, you know, how can you say that you are for individual liberties if you are, uh, we would say right to life, they would say anti-abortion, right? And, you know, without getting in the weeds on that, because we're we're kind of, I'm a single issue voter I'm the second amendment, a lot of our listeners are, but, you know, we do look at the individual liberty of the unborn child, right? It's not, there's not a quarrel there, uh, but many people, they want you to- to buy into their way of thinking. And if you don't, you, you're you vilified, you're canceled, you know, all those kinds of things. But I personally don't see a quarrel with that. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, the protecting your right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness is for everyone. And those that are most defenseless, uh, we should be ashamed of the idea that we are uh, not willing to do that. You know, I, I like you, Um, am very concerned about the Second Amendment Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: the assault on the Second Amendment. Mark Kelly is the most anti-Second Amendment senator, not in the history of Arizona, but in the history of the country.
3: Mm.
2: In the history of the country, Mm. he really believes that absolute power will not absolutely corrupt. And we know history is replete with examples of, of that not being the case. Human nature is what it is and that he is absolutely after the idea of rules for one group different rules for the other and uh, that we can't have that your right to bear arms is inviolate you know absolutely. and you hear it from the left all the time people ask me you know about well would you consider uh, the idea of having a constitutional convention called for by the states and i've said no Amending the Constitution needs to work through the legislative process, because if we assemble a constitutional convention centered around the states, you know what the very first thing the left is going after in exchange for whatever else you want, abolishing the Second Amendment, that's going to be their first demand.
0: I hadn't thought of it that way at all. And there there are people that, you know, in, in our circles, they are very much for that convention of the states and uh i i haven't landed one way or the other but i am so glad to have that thought and that information now for me to to put into the hopper to help decide
2: it's just when you when you when you go cover to cover the whole thing it's all on the table think about the four things i said they want control the schools you know uh critical race theory here's what my thought is about that it's wrong You cannot create a generation of young people that are being defined as either oppressors or victims. You create a hopeless generation. A hopeless generation is called a failed state. Remember the part where I said they want control of your children? Mm -hmm. What we need to raise is a group of critical thinkers Mm -hmm. that challenge the assumptions. Mm -hmm. That's how we got to where we are today as a nation. That's how this Mm -hmm. nation has become so great we have a group of people now that you just mentioned, all group thinkers. No one challenges the assumption.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: No one says, why are we doing this?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: No one says, what law are we predicating our actions upon anymore? We see the two-tier justice system and the rest. And you know, we, we talked about it when I met you at the event uh, up in uh, Rock Springs about um, the occupation of D.C. after January 8th. Mm-hmm when I was the only commanding general that said no.
0: Absolutely. I do wanna take a deep dive into that because as you mentioned for our annual meeting of the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association, uh, we held the meeting at beautiful Rock Springs, uh, Arizona. I'm on the board, full disclosure of the the <laughs> ASRPA. And uh, in your speech, you did dec- uh, describe a time when you were pressured by people at the highest levels of government. Uh, I mean, if, if there's a commander in chief, right? He would be your boss. So, you know, these, the people in that level of government were pressuring you to overstep the United States constitution. And uh, you didn't go for it. And I think that that kind of backbone and that kind of character we need to know more about. We need to understand. How do you say no and not get permanently canceled? Uh, and I just wanted you to describe that whole event uh, that took place um, to our to our listening audience.
2: Yeah, thanks for that question, Cheryl. I I, I get asked routinely. You know, you you asked earlier my background and. You know, what might qualify you? Why do you have a pedigree that would make you qualified to be a U.S. senator? But then the they, inevitable question, why do this? Nice. Why put your wife and children through the, the, the meat grinder of being besmirched, lied about mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of other things? And, and the answer is uh, I decided to get in uh, after the very, very, very unfortunate and illegal activity that occurred not on January 6th, but on January 8th. Two days later mm-hmm. so on january 8th of this year i was on a call with the acting secretary of defense a guy by the name of uh chris miller uh general mark milley the the uh chairman of the joint chiefs other members of the joint chiefs and my 54 my 53 colleagues from the 49 states three territories in the district of columbia as i mentioned the oldest position in our government, territorial governor, the second oldest position, adjutant general. You'll find the position I retired from in every state. On this call, they asked us to arm and put in full battle rattle 6% of the National Guard, 450,000 strong nationwide. That's 26,000 soldiers. They mm-hmm. wanted them fully armed, moved outside the borders of the several states and into the District of Columbia a constitutionally defined district to police the citizens were sworn to protect and defend. Hmm. Now, for talking about history, we have an over 300-year history of rebuffing the idea of having the military police the citizens. Mm-hmm. Go back to Shay's Rebellion, the Boston Massacre, look no further than the Posse Comitatus Act. All of these things clearly define that if you want to use the military for policing action inside the contiguous borders, against citizens of the United States, you need proper authority. So I asked three simple questions of then-Secretary Miller about this request on January 1st. Did President Trump invoke the Insurrection Act? The Insurrection Act is a unique code of law. It derives its, its uh, uh, authority from the Constitution in Article 1, Section 8, when we talk about um, suppressing insurrections. And the answer was, no, he had not. He had not invoked the Insurrection Act. It's been used six times in history, most studied, 1955 to desegregate a high school in Alabama after Brown v. the Board of Education, most notoriously failed when South Carolina was told by Lincoln they could not cede from the Union. Um, I said, all right, he hasn't invoked the Insurrection Act. each chief executive, president, and or governor has unique emergency authority. Has President Trump declared an emergency for civil unrest or riot, separate and distinct from the Stafford Act emergency we're under for the um, pandemic? The answer was no, he had not. Last question I asked was, had President Trump designated this group a terrorist organization? One of the fallouts of the tragic events on 9-11-2001 was passage of the Patriot Act and other codes of statute that had unintended consequences. And one of the unintended consequences, Cheryl, is that if we designate your group a terrorist organization, there's certain carve-outs from the Posse Comitatus Act that allow the military and the Guard to act in support of law enforcement, but only if your group is designated a terrorist organization. The answer was no. He had not designated this group a terrorist organization. My response to Secretary Miller then was, Well, I'm not going. I'm not going because I have been trained since July 5th, 1983, when I started basic training as a cadet at the Air Force Academy to follow and promulgate legal, moral, and ethical orders. But if what you're asking me to do isn't legal, I cannot judge the morality or efficacy of it. That makes sense. We're a nation of laws. And mm-hmm. if what you're asking me to do isn't legal, then I don't judge the morality or efficacy of it. Mm-hmm. Now, much to my dismay, my 53 colleagues from the other 49 states, three territories, and the District of Columbia put 26,000 soldiers in DC mm. on the 15th of January without any legal authority it's either a coup or an invasion, and the media acted like a bunch of clapping seals. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how left, right, or center you are, no one should embrace the idea of having an unelected bureaucrat move 26,000 soldiers to police the citizens were sworn to protect and defend with no legal authority. Wow. I told my wife wow. that night, the Lord has put us in a strange situation. Uh, she said, what are you going to do about it? I said, well, we had just lost two seats in Georgia three days prior on January 5th. We had a 50-50 Senate. I said, the quickest way to put these guys in check is to win the 51st seat in the U.S. Senate.
3: <laughs> and here and you so sit. I've
2: never run for dog catcher, but here I am on your show talking about, got a thing behind me that says go to electmick.com. I pick Mick, you know, and I'm learning all that kind of buzzwords and slogans. We need to raise this army of two million.
0: Absolutely. That is an absolutely incredible story. It is a credible story, but it is, it's a shocking story Yeah. that, yeah. you know, you stood up against the people in high power. You stood up even against uh, the, the other uh, generals that were in your same position to be that, that one lone voice and I applaud that. I appreciate that. I know our our audience and our listeners will as well, because we do understand that history really kind of comes down to one person acting. You know, the power of one, and we're kind of taught, "Oh, I'm only one person. What can I possibly do?" Right?
1: Like intentionally, I think we were taught that. Yes, because it's it's and a single person maybe not be able to do anything, but you everyone has influence. And everyone has a tribe. So you can make a difference individually.
2: Yeah, yeah the power of one is a real thing. And you know, th- th- that segue Cheryl is this, in this holiday season, I want everyone to hear this message of hope. I say no, 26,000 people go into the city. I expressed to all of my colleagues why I'm objecting and that I cannot act on this order because it's illegal. On February 4th, one, less than one month later, Biden has been sworn in, they assembled the same call and ask us to extend the mission through through June 1st with no legal authority. I come up voice on this call and say, it's a moot point for Arizona, we never win. Much to my joy and the message of hope and what Cassie's talking about is the power of one, 42 of my colleagues recalled their forces that day, 42, less than a month later. So if you wanna know what it means to stand, And what one U.S. senator can do is you hold the line, that's leadership. And so when people are out there vetting their candidates and doing the rest, ask them when they've put it all on the line Mm. and stood as the sole voice. When have you put it all on the line and stood as the sole voice after 38 years in uniform, knowing that the principle of defending the Constitution was more important than your own personal advancement?
0: Boy, absolutely. And when one person does stand with the strong backbone, it offers an, uh, a choice for others, really, because if we're all like that hive mind, we all just do the head Bob. Oh yeah. Well, it seems like everybody else agrees. Then we don't offer others that opportunity to see that there's another way to do this. And boy, if we ever find ourselves in a time and a place when we do need more and more people with the backbone, with the spine, with that understanding that I, what I'm doing may not be popular, but it is moral. It is just, it is ingrained in our constitution. Uh, you know, Those are the pillars on which this great experiment has stood for all these many years. And if it falls in our generation, holy cow. I mean, not on our watch. I mean, we'll do what we can so it won't and hopefully inspire others like you are. What do you you say about that, Mick?
2: Well, I I totally agree. And it goes back to what I thought. And for Cassie with young kids, I would just encourage every mom out there to encourage every one of their children to challenge the assumptions. Mm -hmm. We need critical thinkers. Mm-hmm. We need people that are willing 800 times to try to make a light bulb. And on 801, it works.
3: I love not that. Not people
2: that go along to get along and nod their head and sound like it's okay.
0: Mm.
2: It's not okay.
0: Absolutely. It's not okay. Well, we did teach uh, young Miss Cassie, who is an, an only child to question authority. And then I realized, oh, wait, I'm authority question all the time. <laughs>
2: Yeah. No, it's about challenging the assumptions of everything that you know, you know, why, why are we doing this? Not to be obstinate, but to make sure that we think through the process. And, you know, like I said, um, Hamilton and Jefferson, two framers of the constitution, these gentlemen hated each other. Hmm. If you read the Federalist Papers and Jefferson's dissent, they agreed about two things. Greatest threat to the fledgling republic, a large standing army mm-hmm. and oppressive taxation. Mm. Cheryl, I would argue we have arrived. Mm-hmm. And if you want to take on the large standing army and oppressive taxation, you need somebody who's, one, been in that fraternity federally mm-hmm. recognized two-star general that can sit on the other side of the dais and take the task, the leaders of the Department of Defense, and explain to them why this is affecting the lives of the great American people that allow us to do what we do. It, it disgusts me in the taxation piece every time we would discuss defense budgets and the rest. Mm-hmm. I would hear this term. It's federal money. It's federal dollars mm-hmm. as if they grow on the federal tree in oh, Washington. Yeah. They, they, they are dollars that are collected every April 15th from your mm-hmm. hard work and labor mm-hmm. and productivity of the land and productivity of this great nation. Mm hmm. And, Jackson, and that we have to be better stewards of those things at every level. And, you know, the military trades an 85% public trust. I want everyone to continue to thank those great men and women for their service. But I tell people all the time, not all swamp creatures are dressed in Armani suits. Not true. all swamp creatures are dressed in Armani suits.
0: Boy, that is the absolute truth of it. And, you know, you have demonstrated through this conversation that you have a deep understanding of, a respect of, and you understand that the position of, of an elected official will be to uh, protect and defend, you'll take an oath to protect and defend, a, a fresh oath, uh, the Constitution of the United States, including our Bill of Rights, which is where our Second Amendment is found. The Bill of Rights is that firewall that is supposed to keep government out. um the guy you are going to be campaigning against or uh, running against has promised as we said promised to infringe on our second amendment
1: rights um i, I just to expound a little but bit more but he leads more, with i'm a gun owner but he does so he 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 is doing exactly what you're saying he is promising to mess with the constitution and our, and our rights, but yet he does say, I'm a gun owner, but But.
0: so is the second amendment a strong enough issue? Do you think in our state of Arizona, because he promised to Mark Kelly promised to infringe on our second amendment rights, still got elected. Do you think that that is the key core issue or is there something else in our state that you think you're going to be going head to head against uh, his beliefs, Mark Kelly's beliefs and his platform? Yeah. I don't think he's done anything since he got yeah. elected. But- <laughs> well,
2: I, I, think, I think there's a couple of things. First, we can fairly say this. Mark Kelly is a liar.
0: Mm. He mm-hmm.
2: told us he would be an Arizona independent. Mm-hmm. He is lying. To be a member of our formation, the group that says I pick Mick, just like the great Soldiers and airmen that served with me, I told them all the time I was no more or less important than any other member of the team. I just had a different set of duties, authorities, and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And the value set that they had to live by to be in the formation and have that privilege of wearing the cloth of the nation was to tell the truth and give their best effort. Mark Kelly is not telling the truth. He's a liar. He said he would vote as an Arizona independent, yet 98% of the time he's voted with Chuck Schumer. Mm -hmm. When the issue front, I believe the Second Amendment is a top three issue for me Mm -hmm. as a candidate, but the number one issue in the state of Arizona is border security. No border, no country. Mm. If we do not secure the border, complete the wall, and then surveil it and enforce it. Mm -hmm. Remember, no military commander, Cheryl says, go build a perimeter around the base, and then doesn't surveil it and enforce it what's the point of building the perimeter right Uh same here you've got to complete the wall then add the surveillance package real story I go down to NACO uh, about um, two months ago and I talked to some guys down there and they had completed under President Trump a large section so nearly all of the passable terrain between Douglas and NACO is now completed when I was flying F-16s out there Much of it was just strand barbed wire. And they said, but the problem, General, is we have a contract for surveillance and camera system monitoring and the rest that on January 20th, Biden zeroed out the funding for it. And the contractor is getting paid 25 cents on the dollar to not work. Think about that. In an era of inflation, you're paying four bucks a gallon for gas. You are seeing the price of lumber go from... You know, 20 bucks for a sheet of plywood to 60 bucks for a sheet of plywood. Mm -hmm. You're seeing turkeys at at Thanksgiving be a buck last year, a buck 25, a buck 30, some places a buck 60 a pound. Mm -hmm. Yet we are literally taking US taxpayer money and paying a contractor 25 cents on the dollar to not secure our border and our citizens. That is going to be the issue that. Mm -hmm. Regardless of where individuals stand on the Second Amendment, and I will stand firmly for it, I will be the number one Second Amendment senator in the United States, not in Arizona, in the United States, because I understand that a well-regulated militia, the very first three words, is from where I came as the commanding general, is underpinned and why we have a Second Amendment.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And that's how we raise it. And so... um, it will be a top issue, but the border will be the number one issue. That will be the number one issue. Border security is human security in Arizona. And I think this line has res- resonated the best with all of our voters. It is easier right now, and it's very unfortunate. It is easier to traffic a nine-year-old girl mm-hmm. into the sex trade in Yuma than it is for you and I and Cassie to go get lunch in L.A. Think about that. Oh it is gosh, easier dude. right wow. now to put a nine-year-old girl across the border from Mexico into the US by the cartels into the sex trade than it is for us to go to get lunch in Los Angeles. So these people on the radical left are not serious about border security, about the security of our communities or public health. They're not serious about any of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I I definitely agree with you that our our borders need to be secured. We were just chatting with one of our state representatives yesterday and and she said, "Yeah, so here's this great big stretch of wall. Uh, I think she was down by Yuma, and she said, yep, and Yuma. then where the door should be, right? The door, there's no door, all right? And right. and as you say, the the surveillance uh, and the monitoring, it that I mean, we all have Ring doorbells nowadays for the love of pete if we don't understand on an individual basis it's true we just put a ring doorbell you know spaced out on the wall
2: they zeroed out the account for the ring doorbell on the on the wall that and they're paying to not install it there is seven miles of open border in yuma right now and all of the sections for that seven mile stretch are laid horizontally stacked up in a yard they're all there It's about ten thousand. I think they said just the fabrication cost of each panel, ten thousand a panel. I mean, literally millions of dollars just laying on their side in the desert, waiting to be put up. And and Biden canceled all of the money. It was literally the very first thing he did after he sworn in, is he zeroed out the account. So if you have a friend that's an independent or a Democrat, and they say. I'm not for open borders. You remind them actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. Actions speak louder than words. Never in the history of the country have we had a president that's more derelict in his duty than Joe Biden, never. And Mark Kelly's stapled to him.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, we have uh, run out of time, unfortunately. I feel like we could keep talking for another hour easily. And I, I would love to have you back on again.
2: I'd love to be back on. Anytime you need me, you let me know.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate that. And one of the things I do want to talk about is, um, and I don't even know if you can touch on it in, in like the next two or three minutes as we start wrapping up, but um, the idea of the militia. So, uh, you know, there, there are these two competing thoughts that I hear people talk about. If there's any involvement with government then that's not what our founders wanted. It was to be the individual citizens, you know, raised up together and and training together. And and that sounds like the National Guard, but then when the government is over the National Guard, then that feels like, no, that's not the militia because the president, and, and Mark Milley and, and uh, Chris Miller can hold these meetings and now say, no, you're going to work for us. Right. You're going to work for the government, not for right. the citizens. Uh, right. Can you try to make that distinction? In sure. A I, I, it's,
2: it's very clear. It's a unique situation. When I told Milley no, he said, well, I'm going to call Governor Ducey. I said, knock yourself out. I'm the only individual. <laughs> I'm the only individual in the in the cabinet of first Governor Brewer and then Governor Ducey that was 100% federal and 100% state 100% of the time. At rest, the National Guard is subordinate by of and through the governors of the several states. And in the state's rights provision, the National Guard, the Army National Guard of the United States, is a separate legal entity than the Arizona Army National Guard. And you only become a member. You only become a member of the Army National Guard of the United States when mobilized into federal service on Title X orders. So when you deploy to Afghanistan, Iraq, if you deploy outside the territorial borders of your state for a federal mission, that is why the entire occupation of D.C. was illegal. They were operating on orders promulgated by the governor's under Title 32, and the governors have no legal authority outside their states to utilize mm-hmm. the militias of the several states. It's either a coup or an invasion. Like I said, if the guard from the state of uh, Nevada was raised and moved into Utah, that's an invasion.
0: Mm-hmm. If the
2: state of Utah has not asked for their assistance. Mm-hmm.
0: Does
2: that make sense?
0: Absolutely. So,
2: so, so, so you need that. And, and how do you deal with the large standing army issue? Think about it like a rheostat. If you dial it all the way up to all the resources being in a standing army, you cloister all of the soldiers inside the garrisons at Fort Benning and Fort Riley and all of these other places around the country. They lose connection with the citizens they're sworn to protect and defend, and over time you'll see what's happened. You dial it down the other way, you save money because the meter is not running continuously on their pay and benefits. The Army right now is using 72 cents on the dollar for personnel costs. Mm -hmm. We can buy back National Guardsmen three to one, leave them subordinate to their states, have a larger, trained, competent, mustered, and ready force that we can call forward when needed. But that challenges everything in the defense industrial complex and what Eisenhower warned us about in 1961. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can do a whole podcast on the ndaa of 1947 and how we got to here but that affects the second amendment but but i'll just leave it at the the founders were brilliant Mm -hmm. in the most perfectly designed governing document in the history of the world in the greatest country in the history of the world the united states constitution all your answers are right there if we just go back to constitutional principles i tell people am i worried about external threats now, nothing will calcify the resolve of the American people like a kinetic attack from our enemies. The yes. greatest threat to the republic is the republic. Boy, there is no brilliant. other threat to the republic. That's why I'm running, because people tell you about China and Russia and the rest, certainly concerned that we need to keep an eye on that, mm-hmm. but it's not near as risky as an open border in the information war that we're suffering from right now.
0: Information war and ignorance. And I, I, I always hesitate to use the word ignorance because it sounds like I'm, you know, uh, being insulting. And I just mean it in the purest sense. If you are, if you don't know what you don't know, you are ignorant of what you don't know. And this document, look at this. It takes an hour to an hour and a half to read it cover to cover our founders put all of our recipe book, our roadmap in In this small document, and how many people take the time, how many people who are actually elected and took an oath, take the time to even read it? How do you support and defend something you've never even read? And that is my challenge so often on this show, is just for people to just pick it up, open the covers, read what's inside, don't wait for... The talking heads on the CNNs and even the Fox Newses, or wherever you get your news, to interpret it for you because it's like the telephone game. Even if they don't mean for it to be, they are not going to get it to you as pure as if you've read it for yourself.
2: Well, you, you know, you're right. I say in my launch video, same oath, new mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oath is the same, and I am so disappointed at the abhorrent behavior by our 535 elected senators and members of the House of Representatives, the president of the United States, the vice president, many of our federal district court judges that are turning a blind eye and allowing the two-tier justice system to prevail. And uh, we've got to reinstill the oath and understand that uh, they took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And they'll bear true faith and allegiance to the same, they need to understand that. And they're, they're just failing at it. That's why I'm in this race. Absolutely. That's why I need the folks to go to electmick.com. You can go to ipickmick.com. We own that one now too. So it <laughs> redirects you. ipickmick.com. There you go. I need them to sign the petition to get me on the ballot. And I tell them, what do you need? I say, I need resource. I need small donors and medium donors. I need extra medium, large mega donors <laughs> in a box with a fox
1: yes on a train
2: in a plane all the dr seuss donors i need them all
0: <laughs> i love it absolutely and you know it not only takes money but it takes some manpower right people it does. And volunteers, on doors for go you. to the
2: site sign up or we'll get you on we're volunteers all over the state like you said it's amazing we're just i mean literally haven't yet paid for a signature and we're gonna easily make it a lot of energy out there you can find in the rural counties a lot of people show up if you tell them you'll come see them
0: i love it well thank you so much we value your time thank you for being here with us for such a long time we are definitely asking you back on because we have so many topics that we could dive into with you with your historical knowledge and your experience uh i hope you'll come back
2: well i i will I, i look forward to it you have a great show God bless you and happy holidays to all your viewers and listeners. And uh, uh, the Second Amendment is the greatest check and preservation avenue we have to save this constitutional republic. Every elected official needs to be asked if they understand that. Most of them will talk about hunting for ducks. Yeah. That's not the issue. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Thank you all again right. so much. Yeah. God Thank bless. You. Merry Christmas. God bless it's you. Nice. Take care. All
2: Bye-bye. right. Bye bye.
0: He is great. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I can't imagine what it must be like to be one of his daughters with the constant unfolding of history lessons, right? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, even in our household, it, everything is what a learning opportunity, right? Yes.
1: A character building <laughs> opportunity
0: and a learning opportunity. For sure. Um, and just even that distinction about what is the militia? What was it? Uh, intended to be when the words were written in the Bill of Rights, there's so much debate about that, and so to have somebody who has served, as Mick has, uh, feels funny to call someone who's been, you know, a general, uh, you know, by his his uh, nickname, really, Mick. But he's just a guy, like yeah. you know, so much experience, so much knowledge, but he he doesn't carry himself like he's he's no, a,
1: he's just a just a guy,
0: yeah. Uh, And many of our elected officials, not only do they carry themselves like they're celebrities, right? That they're on some higher tier. Untouchable. Untouchable. Mm -hmm. But we behave as though we're starry-eyed and way too impressed with them and treat them like celebrities. And uh, to have somebody who's been there, done that, stood up against tyranny, I, I mean, that must have felt like you know, there's a lot of people that would cave to that. Yeah. A lot of people. And he didn't. And that was what impressed me so much that I said, we have to have him on the show and talk to people about that moment and that decision-making process. And it seemed like it was easy for him. He's like, well, what would the constitution say? Right. Okay. Done. Boom. Moving on. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No hand wringing, you know, Oh, gee whiz. How's this going to poll? You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just that what is right is right, and um, we appreciate that. Thank you so much to our awesome guest today, Mick. I I don't know that I gave you a moment to get a word in, Edgewise. Oh, it's okay. No, no closing thoughts. No. Not, today. not today. Not now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and thank you so much to our listeners, not just here in the state of Arizona, not just across the nation. Did I say across? I, I don't know, but across the nation, but all over the planet where there is internet, we have viewers and listeners. And what that tells me is that when you're tuning into a show called Gun Freedom Radio, and we're talking every week to subject matter experts in freedom, liberty, uh, constitutional issues, that tells me that there is a hunger across this globe For what our founding fathers put in place. And I hope that hunger never dies. I hope that we all stay tapped into that. So thank you to all of our awesome listeners and viewers. And if you want to go back and and see any of the other uh, subject matter experts we've ever had on, if you like the video uh, way of, of interacting with us, you can find us on YouTube, GunStreamer, and the smartphone app called OpsLens. And when you go to YouTube and GunStreamer, if you will click the subscribe button, that would be a personal Christmas gift to us. Because for most of the time we have been on the air, we were a radio show, mm-hmm. uh, you know, AMFM, And so we don't have a lot of history uh, with that medium, the, the video medium. And so we are really trying to build that up because if YouTube looks at our numbers and thinks that people don't care about our content um, who knows what they'll do probably canceled, right? canceled,
1: yeah. but also follow us on Instagram and Facebook and yep. Twitter. I think you use, yeah. I, don't, I don't manage the Twitter, but I definitely managed Instagram and the YouTube and the Facebook. Absolutely. And
0: interact with us on there. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear what you're thinking about the guests, the topic, the subject matter. And uh, so not only subscribe, but also everybody says smash that notifications button. I say, you know what? We could be more you know, delicate about it. You can lift your pinky up and press the notifications button. And then you'll hear, you'll be notified uh, about all of the new content that we out there. And if you like to listen to the audio only version of these shows, because maybe you're out on a long car ride, or i doing do your uh, shopping or walking the dog or riding the bike or whatever it is you're doing, and you just want to have the, the earbuds in, then go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com Click the on-demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content. And if you want to see photos and bios and links to all of the works that all of our guests uh, that we've ever had on, then click the guest tab. It's a great resource, and we don't hate it when you spend time there. <laughs> all right, we've got to get out of here. So until next time, what are we going to do, Cass? Pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders.
1: Absolutely. What about the ones you don't like? Including, I was going to do dad's part. Okay. Do dad's part. What about the ones you don't like? (laughs) Especially the ones you don't like. It's like you've
0: heard this a time or two. Maybe. Okay. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, Until next time, be good to each other.
1: Have a great week
0: and God bless